0: Hello and welcome back to the latest Think Business podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. Combining behavioural psychology with academic research, the Pep Talk platform led by cousins James and Bernard Brogan is now used by 50,000 employees in blue chip companies on four continents. James Brogan talks about the Irish companies moving to the US market after raising close to $4 million. James Brogan, you're, you're very welcome to the Think Business podcast. Um, Pep Talk was a company that wasn't really on my radar until until recent months, uh, when you, when you got the funding, um, and what was quite interesting was that not only did you raise the funding, but you already had boots on the ground in, 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 in the US, which I thought was also very, very cool. Uh, but t- tell me first of all, what, what pep talk is and what it's about, what, it, what does it do? Thanks, John. Yeah, no,
1: listen, great to have the opportunity to chat today. And obviously we're delighted to be, um, I suppose expanding pep talk into the US and 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 taking on that challenge, but the company itself, yeah, I mean, I suppose myself and and um, and Bernard in particular um, had had focused, and he's my my, my cousin. We we um, I suppose the idea we've been exposed from a, from a sports perspective to lots of different um, uh, teams, and in particular Bernard's experience um, at an elite level. Um, I had a small bit of time there, but. What we what we quickly understood, I think, was that, and you you might even attest to this yourself, John, in your own work. People people really remember teams they were part of, whether that's work teams, whether it's business, whether it's sport, and, and everyone remembers and has fond memories of team, you know, great teams and those teams that made them feel part of something. And I think mm. right now in the world of work, um, the really interesting thing is around how people feel about working and and hybrid working, and we were only talking about working from home and, and some of the mm. challenges that present. So, Peck talk is is really focused on I suppose the power the teams can have in the workplace, and and we we talk about this concept of team experience and um, mm. and this idea of how do we build habits and behaviours that are positive in the context of bringing emotional proximity bringing connection to me and you as as team members, potentially uh, on a particular project, because ultimately without trust, without building that sense of getting to know people, it's very hard to perform Mm. in the work context. So I think that's one of the big issues and you'll have seen in more recent months, John, um, Microsoft released a a study around um, what they described as productivity sort of paranoia. So the idea that organizations struggling to have confidence that people are being as productive as they can be working from home while um, employees and and team members feeling that they are very productive from a home perspective. So there's this sort of delta merging between the organization or the employer and the employee. And and that bit in the middle for us is around maybe looking differently at at how we create that sense of culture and connection between organizations. But we're very... um, yeah, listen. We're very excited. I think about the space. We're very obviously excited about our recent investment, which is which is fueling our our ambitions into the state, into mm. the states. And obviously, great to have a chance to chat today a little bit more about
0: that. And that's the thing. I mean, when you think about workplace, right? Uh, it's a bit like school I was talking about Monday mornings and I was, I was kind of reminiscing on the old Rowe feeling a lot of people had on a Sunday night when they had still a, a school essay to write for the next morning and they already had it done uh, workplaces can be a bit unusual in the same like you're taking a bunch of very different people and sometimes you say right that's your team make magic happen and you get all kinds of people on a team you get introverts extroverts uh, you'll get wingers, you get can do people you get can't do people you get all kinds of people people and I think you're right. There are times in our lives where you are on a team that makes, it, it just clicks. You know, whether everybody's suddenly in the same spirit, there's a great land, there's camaraderie, or you could be on the wrong team where maybe there's politics and there's backbiting or, or something. And often it's, it's its very easy for somebody to look at an organisational chart and say, I'll move that person there, I'll put them there and put that person there. And most people don't often have the freedom to choose what teams they're on and how to get along with people. Most people some of the people they have to get along with, they probably wouldn't get along with in a normal situation, uh, but they have to because that's their jobs and pe- most people just do, just get on with it. Um, but at the same time, that getting on with it is what sometimes costs company money too, isn't it? Because they could be more productive if you had the right team, if you had the right kind of elan or, you know, maybe you have someone leading a team who isn't really a team leader. Uh, maybe somebody who is probably naturally introverted, but they've been there long enough, so therefore they have a seniority or something like that. You have all kinds of all kinds of concoctions that go into this. Um, what, what is it that you, ha- how do you... How do you make it tangible for a company to kind of go, right, we have these teams, we have uh, all kinds of psychology going on and all kinds of uh, everyone, you know... You know, let's just think the analogy of a boat. Everybody has to be rowing at the same time and in the right cadence in order for the boat to pick up momentum. Uh, the same is true of a business team of any kind. Um, how do you how do you sort? How does Pep Doc sort that out?
1: Yeah, well, and I think that's it's such an important um, piece maybe to chat about, John. So as I say, every every organization and every team is made up of a of a mix of people and a mix of their personalities. Um, And that tends that's there's nothing wrong with that. And ultimately, what we try and do is look to see what are the common characteristics or the common traits that tend based on our own research and, and obviously working with various different academics. So we have a number of behavioral psychologists that work with us in the designing of the interventions. But there is common characteristics there across High-performing teams, and 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 as as we touched on earlier, whether that's building that sense of emotional proximity, creating that sense of connection, um, building trust, and and really what what that could look like on a monthly basis is simply, and this is one of the things we do in Pet Talk, where we encourage um, leaders to run what we call as a team talk, which is the simple commitment. 20 minutes and we provide that the software enables that to happen very easily. But it's the idea of having much more intentionality in terms of how we're going to build a really good team. And I think that's one of the big things where when you have different personalities and different characteristics of individuals you need to kind of find those common habits or behaviors that bring people together Um, and that is the onus is really on organizations I think and this has been a big shift whereby in in an office culture a lot of that sort of happened by osmosis where Mm. there tend to be people who kind of carried the culture they were the people who had the energy they brought other people on the journey and that kind of worked but when we're not in the office at the same time now there's mm. much more onus on the organization to think about what are the things that the thing that you know those tangible things that we can do every week every month um to bring our culture to life so in the pep talk context every month that starts off with what we call as a check in so this is just the idea that we're going to go into our teams and we're going to try and understand how we're feeling about the month ahead and then more importantly if there was one thing we could focus on for this month to improve um the 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 sense of of you know the sense of happiness that you might have in your team and your organization what would that be and then the system will provide Um, suggestions and recommendations as to what you should do to bring Mm -hmm. that to life so it becomes very um, real for people where one the organisation is starting to listen to them and then they're going to not only listen and and stop there which I think a lot of organisations struggle, the the listening is is, is the easy part and it's almost Mm -hmm. what are we going to do about it And, and pep talk with, with our sort of insight action methodology, we, we, we design interventions as much as ask questions. And I think that's really important to be able to, especially at the dynamic way that business now operates, John, you have to, you know, if we have a challenge with burnout in a particular part of our organization, we need to go in and start having a conversation about that quite pretty quickly and and the and the issue is the the kind of answer to that for us is not necessarily sending the team on a burnout course it's probably having a conversation as a team led by your leader as to what exactly might be causing
0: the burnout because it tends yeah. to be something work-related that we're maybe struggling with or, or spotting the signs spotting the signs of burnout because uh i, I look I, let's just say like you come from as a say, they say 90% of the organizations in Ireland alone are, are SMEs and SMEs by their nature are small and feisty and you know scrappy at, at best times but in reality what's if you look inside them there's usually people who are under-resourced trying to do the job of maybe if they if their US counterpart would probably have four or five people doing the job save one person so it's a great place to learn and it's a great place and then when you're too busy when you're too busy and you can't see the woods from the trees and you're right up against it against it in terms of deadlines sales targets you name it it's hard to have an intervention it's hard to put your hand up and stop and say we need to do this differently we need to have an honest time and it's creating that space isn't it how, how do you create that space to suddenly address an issue settle down and say right uh people here are getting either burnt out or they're under resourced, or there's something wrong. Maybe there's uh, disagreements in the team. Maybe it's, uh, you know, any, any number of issues why something isn't working. Um, but creating that space is, is very hard to do. And it's like you, you're, you're, your business could be hurtling along at 90 miles an hour and then suddenly you realise, well, we're hurtling along at 90 miles an hour, but we're heading in the wrong direction and we could crash. <laughs> you know, how do, how do you suddenly create that space
1: It's that proactivity, isn't it? And it's being proactive and intentional about it.
0: It's like the engine warning light in your car coming on. You know, you need to know something's wrong.
1: Totally. And I I think that's really
0: hit the nail on the head, John, because for a lot of organisations,
1: whether it is a, you know, we have a challenge with performance or we have a challenge with retention or we have a challenge Mm. with attraction, a lot of those issues... Are, are, they're they're actually lagging indicators. So if we have a retention yeah. problem in our organisation, it's
0: usually because someone's unhappy and they're demotivated. For example, why?
1: Yeah, and you've already you, you, you've left, or a proportion of people have left, and mm. the rot is almost set in. Where with a system like pep talk, what you're by by being much more intentional on a monthly basis in in checking in and providing interventions and solutions and creating a very positive momentum mm. on a monthly basis.
0: Yeah, Do you you find that that helps improve people who are leaders as well? Because, uh, you know, learning to spot the signs, learning to actually have those pep talks, you know, uh, realising that, you know, sometimes in the past, before the technology came along, you were relying on brilliant people to be in organisations who just happen to have this natural leadership trait you know they weren't always there but sometimes they were you'd see it in the battlefield someone someone could could motivate someone to do the impossible um you know sometimes it's done through fear aka aka steve jobs or sometimes it's done through simply you know people who are inspiring and great leaders or you know maybe learn to be great leaders because they know how to suddenly well i know i know now what's demotivating people i know what the problem is maybe now I know how to fix things because I'm learning to is there is there a kind of a learning process to what Pep Doc does too, where you you may you know, you may be a team leader and maybe the technology will help you to, you know, become you know, if you're not already already an inspirational leader, maybe become one.
1: Totally. And I think um certainly you're 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 right in the sense that there's always been a small a smallish probably proportion of of managers or leaders in an organization who are very proactive but it really is that large cohort of people of managers um kind of in the middle who let's be honest in the last number of years has have, have probably been present you know they're they're being hit from all sides so yeah. they're having to manage their team differently they're having to manage their own personal well-being and sense of self differently than what they've had before and they're having to manage very differently so certainly i guess rewiring and supporting and enabling managers to kind of i guess almost john coach their teams in a different type of way and and, mm. and this is where i think solutions like pep top being able to you know, it's easy, as you say, when you're a small team, but as the organization begins to get bigger, being able to to, to check in with the team or but you just can't get around to it. You know, if you have 30, 40, 50 people in your team, being able to set up, you know, it's difficult to be able to check in on all those people mm. on a continuous basis. So, again, software and our technology can help. Enabling that frequency to happen at scale, and then, as you say, begin to help them understand challenges that are help that are that are forcing the organization into 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 looking differently at what they're doing. Um, and certainly, leadership development and and bringing leaders and teams together like that really is one of the core missions of pep talk to create a really tight bond within that group because that's what's going to make you stay. You know, I think the stat is roughly around. 70% of people leave organizations because of poor managers yeah. um, and and therefore investing in solutions that are going to help, you know, our, our managers not only get better as, as professionals, but understand their teams better and then being able to do things with them. For us, that represents the really next journey that sort of employee engagement is going to go on, John, and we're very excited in, in working with the leaders that we already work with and, and, and helping them understand their teams better and
0: then more importantly do something about the issues as they emerge Tell me how Pep Talk came about um, like uh, you, 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 you set it up with your cousin Bernard, uh, usually I hear of sibling led companies sometimes but uh, Cousins is a new one for me um, how, how did how did you guys get into business in the first place? What was, what was it that brought you together to set up Pep Talk?
1: Yeah, so I suppose yeah, getting into business with uh, family always—I um, meet people, and uh, you, you, you know it does probably come with a little bit of a health warning. Uh, you need to know what you're getting into because obviously mixing business and family can uh, can present challenges. But yeah, I guess from a from a personality perspective, we work very well together. Um, we actually prior to pep talk. Set up a, a marketing and communications company called Legacy, um, which 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 is still in existence. That we were, it was around twenty five people working in that company across marketing and, and PR and communication. So we've almost 10 years, I guess, John, of, of working together and understanding the good, bad and the and the ugly, I guess, in terms of what, <laughs> what you what, how you work with, with family in particular. But yeah, no, it's it listen, it's worked really well. We 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 and I think to our point earlier on, I think one of the things, the benefits of working with family when we talk about high performance is there's a there's a ton of trust there between mm. me and Bernard. And I think that's a little bit, I guess, because you've known each other for so long. And if you can combine that then with, I guess, a good business idea, and, and we do both of us, I guess, have a strong work ethic, um, that then is you're, you're hoping to get a bit of look along the way in terms of business. And I suppose in terms of the pet talk itself, it really was um, our experiences of working with teams and the idea that we could scale um, some of those habits and behaviours that we had benefited from over years, And then creating this idea of that kind of team experience type concept. And we're quite excited that as a, as a sort of a thought process, it's quite different um, because it's it's looking differently. It's taking a little bit of our own experiences, taking a little bit of the experiences we've had from the world of work as well and, and bringing it together into something that, um, yeah, since it was founded in, I think, you know, 2017, we've been lo- lucky to work with a number of blue chip organisations, mm. um, you know, somewhat under the radar for a number of years. Um, Learning our trade, and I think like any technology startup, John, and I'm sure, listen, you've experienced in talking to lots. You never have it quite figured out from day one. There's a lot of uh, pain and and evolution that you need to go through to kind of find the the concept, the positioning, the product that that ultimately customers want to use and want to pay for, and and that's a journey like any startup that we've been on. And, And thankfully now, in terms of the the expansion element of what we're trying to do—it really is now about kind of putting the, the accelerator on. And you know, in terms of the U.S., you know, we're already working with companies such as PayPal in the U.S., so yeah. we already have a strong footprint there. So really, that's what's bringing us there. It's about you know expanding into our existing customers. Naturally, it's going to be about um, you know getting new customers on board from that are that are purely based in the U.S. And then ultimately delivering on, on what we what have done to date and, and and taking it from there and, and hopefully build, building out the team as well, John, in the US is a, is going to be a focus. Um, I'm going to be spending a lot of my time there over the next 12 months, but hopefully we'll get more of our team here who are based primarily based in Ireland now, together with hopefully some um, some US-centric um, uh, employees over the next
0: number of months as well. Yeah, because at the time of the funding there last month, and it's going through my head there, is that... Uh, you had 23 people full time in offices in Dublin, London and a new office in New York City. Uh, you plan to hire about 12 new people across sales, marketing and technology. Customers include Verizon, PayPal and Elevon and currently the technology reaches more than 50,000 people around the world. Um, that's that's incredible. Um, and it, it's a very different beast to what legacy communications was because legacy communications, obviously, as you mentioned, it's, it's in PR and marketing communications is a very service-driven thing and here you've gone and created a product business which is kind of a tech product business so it's uh, did did any of the learnings from the previous business inform how you do go about things in the new business because i I think they're very different beasts
1: they're very different beasts uh which is fair and there definitely was a ton of learning which is probably one of the things that i think for entrepreneurs and people that are trying to start businesses you've got to trying as best you can, being able to really learn quite quickly and, and kind of forget everything you've known and kind of just begin to to absorb. And it's one of the things that I I spend a lot of time on. Yeah, we were we were moving, transitioning from a services-based business ultimately into more of a product-centric business, but at the same time, um, customers are ultimately at the heart of all businesses. And, and as a services business, you're very focused on delivering for the customer. Really that that is the end game. And similarly with a product, it's a slightly obviously different way in which how you deliver the service. And it's, a, it's ultimately a product, obviously in our situation it's the software product, but we're very customer centric as well in the context, as I say, of how we've over the last number of years, rebuilt, redesigned, uh, changed how we deliver the product, how the product looks and feels, all on the base of customer feedback. So if there was probably one thing we took from legacy, it was definitely that ultimately to, to, you know, the customer needs to be at the heart of any business. And whether that's a services business or a product business, some of that DNA is the same. But mm. then obviously we, we've grown and learned um, and then brought in great people, John. And I'm obviously a big believer of of you know myself and Bernard may have ideas around what we want to do with the business, but we've been lucky enough um, over the last number of years to get some great people across marketing, sales, and product development to support our ambitions. Um, and naturally, now with that funding, we're going to be able to hopefully further strengthen the team. And again, coming back to our. So our initial kind of mission and what we're trying to do, this, this, our ambitions will only be realised through the through the through the team and, and myself and Bernard and others can kind of begin to go to the states and try our best to lay that flag. But ultimately, it'll be a team game um, in terms of the level of success we're going to
0: have. Yeah, look, I mean, PayPal and Verizon are great calling cards already. I mean, you have your feet on the ground in the states, an office there, customers there. That's a great calling card. I mean. Um, does does the US daunt you uh, or is it more a case of that like you guys will you know use those calling cards wisely like it, it's a it's, 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 it's a bigger it's a bigger market it's a more homogenous market I mean once once you have the traction in say the west the east coast you'll have the traction in the west coast uh, but they often say as well like to sell well in a place like Silicon Valley or anywhere else you need to spend time in the place and prove that you're there. They want to see that you actually have skin in the game, that it isn't, you know, uh, you're not trying to sell it remotely from Ireland, that, you know, you're on the, on the ground there. Is, is, the, is the US market going to be a tough one to crack or do you think that you've already kind of started the crack? Yeah,
1: no, and I think your point as well, like, uh, to you know, having someone on the ground, you know, myself as one of the founders of the company moving to the US, I think does convey the seriousness of, of what we're trying to do here. Um, so that's the first thing, you know, and that is the, the, the feedback we, we've got from other startups that have gone down this road, you know, having, you know, um, a presence there, being able to spend time, be it with prospects or customers or just begin to be part of that ecosystem is 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 key. And you're right, listen, we're lucky enough and, and have worked hard to develop um those those customers as you touched on that we're currently working with which some of which are you know as you say blue chip customers in the states um and that's a really great um uh entry for us to have those customers that we can talk about and the work we're doing with them um and and be able to use them as as that initial kind of um um footprint there but in terms of no I mean listen I'm not I wouldn't I'm excited if I'm honest like that's why we're here it's kind of like those um you hear those stories of the sports players that are you know whether it's the last day of the the Ryder Cup or the Masters (laughs) or the Champions League final this is kind of what you're you're building towards it's trying to to do something we set up the company to do something at a global level we're now in a position to have that opportunity and yeah that that for me is not without its challenges as you say the US is a big market but that's kind of why we're here to do it so I think the overriding feeling is one of that uh, excitement John so we're looking forward to getting over there and um, um, giving it our best in terms of making this a success
0: and, and I suppose then that's the other thing is like the uh the, the the technology you use yourselves, I mean, do, do, you, do you actually use it yourselves to keep yourselves focused in the sense that, you know, because you're changing all the time and you're growing and new people are coming in. With Is the case that, you know, it, you know, that term they use in software, dog food. Do you dog food your own technology to kind of keep yourselves, um, I suppose, uh, aligned?
1: Yeah, I think you have to. I think you have to. I think, one, it, it presents a, a great opportunity to see if the, you know, the, the, the idea that was initially on a, on a whiteboard that went into a product roadmap is actually landing. Uh, so I think yeah, being able to see how our products, uh, as you say, in particular due to the level of change and growth and scaling that we're going through and, you know, in terms of the, the use cases for pep talk, John, like that's, you know, scaling companies that are scaling very quickly and, and trying to keep, make sure that their culture days, you know, keeps pace with that. That's that's a real strong use case for some of the customers that have brought us in. Other areas include, you know, we've just bought a company and we're struggling to bring these two cultures together. Mm. So there's three or four clear use cases for Pep Talk. And for us, I think it is very much around that scaling piece and making sure that we 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 address those of which there'll always be you know challenges. And there's no company I don't think with some areas that they want to work on in terms of their culture and their people and I I think if anything has happened over the last number of years there's been a there's been a there is a heightened appreciation for the importance of people in the success of any business and what we're going to do to keep them engaged and excited and energized about working I don't think many organizations have quite figured Mm -hmm. that out yet in terms of the hybrid piece but I think that represents the um the opportunity, I guess, for, for companies like Pep Talk to, to provide that support and, and hopefully alleviate, alleviate some of those challenges.
0: It's very true. I mean, hybrid is the, the, the term of the day, but at the same time, every company that I talk to has their own take on it. And uh not every company has implemented hybrid. Some some companies are edicting or make, issuing edicts to come back in and you know, who knows if that's the future as well. But certainly keeping people happy and focused and aligned is is, is, is crucial to that. And I think you guys seem to have, have have kind of, you know, uh created a solution for that. I think the key, I think the, key, the key is people, isn't it? The key
1: is people, yeah. Whether whether you're in the office, whether you're home, like the fundamentals are about how am I going to build trust in the team? How am I going to make them feel? As I touched on earlier, the biggest driver of engagement right now is that is belonging. It's that sense of belonging. So whether you're going to come in and we're going to bring everyone in, that doesn't then uh, negate the, the need to create that sense of belonging. So if we all come in and we all plug in our, our headphones and just get onto our laptops, that's not necessarily going to create that sense of belonging and connection. That is what, keeping people in organisations right now. So I, I think the fundamentals of employee engagement and the experience we're trying to give employees wherever they're working is the same. So, yeah, listen, you're right. It's still really early in this hybrid um, sort of um, experiment in many ways. As you say, certain organisations now looking like they want to try and bring people back more often. Um, so I think ultimately you'll probably end up with, to, you know, you'll probably end up with a cohort of organizations that come in quite a lot. You'll probably end up with a cohort of organizations that are, are more flexible, mm-hmm. and we'll begin to sort of find our some sort of um, uh, a leveling off there. But the, but the fundamentals of people and how we engage them and how we get them uh, energized are the same. So, so
0: we we feel there's an opportunity in either in either camp. Brilliant. With that, James Brogan, thank you so much for your time. That was great, great culture, and I'm definitely excited about where you guys are going next. So I'll be keeping an eye on you.
1: John, thanks a million for your time.